Good morning. Great to see you. You look well. Praise God. Great worship. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I love that song. <clears throat> no longer a slave to fear, rather. What an amazing thing. Because God wants us to serve him without fear. You know, it says in the Bible, perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love. When you really know who God is, there is no need to fear him if you're born again and you know him. Perfect love casts out. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm not serving God out of fear. I'm serving God out of love because I know his heart towards me. I know what he's like towards me. He thinks I'm brilliant. (coughs) Who was it that said? I was talking to somebody this morning and they reminded me. A guy was in ministry and he said, "Um, I'm thinking of leaving ministry. People keep talking about me. When I do good, they call it bad. They they continually attack me for for nothing when I've done good. Every time I do good, they call it bad. And every time I'm... I, I work harder, they, they, they say things about me and they're talking about me, I'm, I'm thinking of leaving the church, I'm thinking of leaving the ministry, I'm thinking of leaving God. And he went into his room and prayed pray, to pray about it and God said to him, whatever they know about you, whatever they've said about you, it's nothing compared to the truth. <laughs> Isn't that so true? How releasing is that? Whatever you know about me. Whatever you've seen in me, it's nothing compared to the truth. And he still loves us. Yeah. What, does that not bring anybody else joy or is it just me? It's <laughs> <clears throat> sinned noon again. Thoughts noon again. God's incredible love. But anyway, this morning I want to speak to you on Jesus as my Redeemer. Jesus as my Redeemer. I'm going to read two scriptures And then we're going to go into this sermon. The two scriptures I want to read to you, the first one is in 1 Peter 1, verses 18 to 19. You can turn or or I can read it to you. It's all one. It says this, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, uh, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ the Lamb, without blemish or defect. And then Ephesians 1, Ephesians chapter 1, and verses 3 to 8, Ephesians 1, 3 to 8. There you go. Ephesians 1, 3 to 8 says this. Um, Ephesians 1, 3 to 8. Blessed be to the God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He predestined us and adopted us as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure to the praise and the glory, the glorious grace which he freely gave us and the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with wisdom and understanding. Now before I tell you what redeemed means and before I read it out, I've got one more scripture I want to read out to you. 
in Acts 4.12. You don't need to turn to it, but just listen to it. Salvation is found in no other name given to mankind, which man must be saved. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which he must be saved, meaning Jesus Christ. No other name, no other, no other source can bring you forgiveness or peace or joy like the name of Jesus. No other God, no other religion, no other new age, no cult, not going on the best holiday, not having all the money in the world. It might help for a little while, but you will not totally find rest for your soul. I mean, have you ever been in a nice place, but you're still tormented? Have you ever been on holiday, walking in sand, feeling the sun, and you have no peace whatsoever, and you think, I, I wish I could have peace, but you don't have any? The Bible says salvation is in no other name, no other God that you can name today, no other God which society is proclaiming, no other God. That's quite a statement. People might call that arrogance. People might say that's intolerant to other faiths, that's intolerant to what other people are saying. Friends, it doesn't matter if it's intolerant, it's the truth, and it's the truth that sets you free. There is no other name to proclaim that brings power to deliver but the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the only Son of God, the only begotten Son. No other name. No other way. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He made incredible statements and the world doesn't like it. But it doesn't matter who likes it and who doesn't. It's the truth. So if somebody says, I'm going to redeem you, they need to have the authority to redeem you. They need to have the power to redeem you. They need to pay the price to redeem you. And the name that's done that for you and me this morning, the reason we're lifting our hands this morning, is it not? The reason we're dancing this morning, the reason we're praising God this morning, because the name of Jesus did something in our lives. Do you remember, David said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Sometimes you go down the road and it just gets a bit complicated. But I want to tell you this morning, is anybody happy? They're forgiven this morning? Yes. Amen. Thank you. I'll take it anywhere I can get it. <laughs> forgiven. That's an incredible word, but we forget the price that Jesus Christ paid to be forgiven. There's people in mental institutions, there's people all over the world broken down. And do you know what? Sometimes it's, psych it's psychology. Sometimes it's demonic. But do you know what? A lot of people are demented because of the guilt that they carry. If they just knew there's a name above every other name that has power to deliver and set you free. And the name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Yeah. Are you living in the freedom that he died to give you? Are you living? Do you remember when you first got saved, things were difficult? You remember the first time you lifted your hands? Remember the freedom you felt? You kind of, you know, you want to date your lap next Sunday, I'm going for it. You kind of doing that, look. Noon again, you'll do this, look. Praise him. See, you're not really free, you're still, you're still self-conscious. You're conscious of yourself. 
I'll say that again. You're conscious of yourself. You're still wondering, it's too good to be true. I'm so free, but I don't know if I'm a... You know, so you're kind of giving it a bit of that and a bit of that. And then the, then the big Sunday comes. <laughs> it's like, freedom! <laughs> Does anybody know what I mean? Oh, man, honestly, freedom. Freedom in the church. I mean, when people walk in here... They need to say, I want to join us. I want to be here. What is it with these people? There's a freedom. There's a joy. Yes, there's battle. Yes, there's trial. Yes, there's testings. Yes, I could speak about holiness. I could make you feel bad this morning. I'll tell you the law and preaching the law and preaching legalism and preaching like that will fill an allah. But it won't fill your soul with joy. It won't fill your soul with peace. It won't fill your soul with rest. It will be nothing but make you feel bad about yourself and keep getting right with God. I want to tell you something this morning in case you didn't know it. If you're born again, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and said, Jesus, you're the only way to heaven, let me tell you something. You are right with God. (laughs) Nearly. We're getting there. There is no condemnation in Christ this morning. You are right with God simply because you believe in Jesus Christ. You will never be good enough. You can't work your way in. You can't fast your way in. You can't be faithful to church enough. You can't fast enough. You can't give enough. You're not much better than when you first got saved. Your righteousness at the beginning and the end is his righteousness. You are right with God. Now live in that freedom this morning. Lift that condemnation from your spirit this morning and get a dance back. Lift your hand again. Lift it in freedom. Lift it in joy. Oh, I want to talk to you this morning about Jesus is my Redeemer. Redeemed. Are you laughing at me? They're all laughing at me at the front. (laughs) They're happy. Redeemed means this. It means to buy back. See, the Bible says in in Romans 5, it says we were all a slave to sin. We were bondage through one man. We all were born. See, Adam, we're all born of Adam. So we were all born into sin, shaping in iniquity. Nobody was going to escape escape it. Then there was a second Adam, Jesus Christ. But it means to buy back. It means to regain possession or to exchange something for a price. To redeem a person from captivity when there is a power. You see, a lot of Christians are getting held hostage by lies. See, that's what a hostage situation does. It's somebody overpowering. They've got more power than somebody and they're holding them and saying, don't move, we're holding you hostage. That's, that's your limitation. We, we rule you, we own you, don't move. And lies will do that condemnation do that the voice of the enemy sometimes our own folly sometimes words of other people sometimes circumstances and you feel I'm in this place a hostage I mean there's nothing worse when you know the truth there's nothing worse when you know what he's done and you're living in a place of lamentation you think you know there's a bit in the Lion King remember that film the Lion King it's brilliant I was crying my was it a big softy song um the bit in the Lion King when he says, you are more than you've become. 
you are more than you've become. No, I'm not talking about us being great this morning. I'm talking about him being great in us. That means to bring somebody out of captivity. Remember when God brought the people of Egypt out of uh, Israel out of Egypt? That was the world power. Pharaoh had the biggest army in the world. I mean, he was a world power. Nobody was touching him. Nobody was moving. And there were slaves building bricks and building straws. You think, who, who on earth is going to go in and get them out? One man with a stick with God. You talk about picking a fight. He must have been gone. <laughs> you haven't laughed, mate. And Pharaoh said, who's God? And God said, I'm glad you asked the question because you're going to find out who I am. And then he starts to move with his power against a nation. I tell you, the nations are like water in a drop of bucket to him. He can deliver with many or with few. He builds up and he tears down in a day. A country can be gone in a day. This is God we're talking about this morning. This is the power of our God, our Redeemer. You see, I've heard the cry of my people. And now I need a man to carry a message or a woman with a message of hope. See, that's what we do in the Hope Centre. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're the people of God. You're the redeemed. And God sent his power in and he broke everything and everything. One and a half million people walked out of Egypt. Does anybody think that's staggering? Without a knife, without a sword, without a K-47, without a grenade, without a tank, because a redeemer said, they're my people, I've chosen them before the world began. I knew you before you were born. I knew your name. I know the hairs on your head. When you cry, I catch all your tears. Drip, 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 drip. Do you know there's an angel coming about following you with a bottle? Drip, 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 drip. That's how intimate he is. That's how powerful he is. That's how much he knows you this morning. Remember the book of Hosea? You don't need to turn to it. But in Hosea, there's a beautiful picture in Hosea chapter 3. In one, 1 and 2, it says, The Lord said to me, talking to Hosea, Go and show your love to your wife again, though she loves, she's loved by another and is an adulteress. Love her as I have loved Israel, though they turn to other gods. Go and get your wife back. Let me tell you, that was some journey. Hosea's wife was a prostitute and they had kids together. And then she ran away from him, left him with the kids. I'd have been raging. Would you not betrayed? You see, this is the love of God. It's nothing like ours. Says to Hosea, go and look for her. Oh, that was some journey. Imagine what that man had to walk through to get to her. Found her tied to a pole in the sex slave industry. And he went up, I can imagine him saying to the guy, that's my wife. He says, don't care who it is. There's a price to be paid for her, mate. How much is it? You see, hold on a minute. She was already his. You see, by creational right, we're already his. We were twice his. 
once by creation. And now the enemy has got this woman tied to a pole, an adulteress. She deserves to be left there, rotting your sin, rotting your backsliding. You've been unfaithful to me. You've been unfaithful to me. That's what God said. You've been unfaithful. You're doing spiritual adultery. I'll just leave you there. And God says to Hosea, no, go and get her back. And then he paid the price. And once he pays the price for you, nobody can get you again because not just by creation, now he owns you. Now you're his property because of the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. Redemption means, Ephesians 1, forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness. Do you know that the blood never loses its power? It never loses its power. And his mercy is new every morning. And his love never comes to an end. I want to tell you, every prodigal out there needs to hear that. Every backslider needs to hear that. Everybody you know, phone them up and say, I don't care how long you've been from church, come back again. You're going to get a welcome. God loves you and he's still got a plan for your life. There's power in the blood this morning. Oh, if you've ever fell, if you've ever said something you shouldn't have, if you've ever done something you've regretted, you'll be glad this morning to know there's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of a lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, give him praise this morning. Friends, that's our redeemer this morning. I mean, it takes me, sometimes when Fiona can say a nasty word to me. (laughs) You wouldn't think it. It can take me a few days. (laughs) Until I need a shirt iron, because I don't know what I'm doing, and burn them. But it can take a wee while, you know, you go, well, you know, I'll show you. I shall not, I shall not be moved. (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, just keep looking this way, you're okay. (laughs) You're safe. Then eventually, why is it so hard? Once you dig your feet in, you know, it takes a few days. And you go, you get up one morning, you go, you're right, want a cup of tea? (laughs) You can feel that, you can feel that the ground is breaking. Want sugar on your cornflakes? <laughs> the ground has broken. The love has returned. He's not like that. You see, when the prodigal came back, you get an incredible picture of redeeming love. It says in the Bible, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know what I think that means? Dave can correct it next Sunday. (laughs) But I think when the prodigal was coming to the father and he's going, I'll I'll just ask him, I'll just be a slave. He's trying to work out what he's going to say. And then he sees a father smiling and running towards him with a big smile. And he goes, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Gives you boldness to go to the throne. Gives you courage to get up and run to him. He's not got a frowling face. I don't care what the hymn says. He's not frowling. He's joyful. He's happy. He's glad he chose you. He's redeemed you. 
And do you know what he's doing right now this morning? He's interceding for you. That's how close he is. He's saying, God, I pray. I'm interceding for Jay Fallon when he falls. I'm interceding. He's still involved every day with this redemption process of us making it to the very end. So you're forgiven. Redemption means you're right with God. You're in a right relationship. At one time, we were far away from God. At one time, we were living for ourselves, but now you're in right relationship. It's not because of what you've done. Man, I wish I could get this into the church or or, or in the UK. We are not going to be good enough to get what we've got. But there's a default in us. Somehow we love legalism. Somehow we love getting beat up. Somehow we love getting battered. And when somebody comes and batters us, we go, we needed that. I needed a good kicking and a good scalping. That's done me good. I want to tell you, all my God, all, all God's kicking towards me, all God's wrath towards me, all God's anger towards me was put on him. I am not going to take one more bit of punishment, not one more bit of wrath, not one more bit of fear, because Jesus took my place. He took the punishment. He was crucified instead of Jay Fallon. He took the punishment of Jay Fallon's sin. He took my condemnation. He took my shame, my guilt, and my pain, and my regret. Why? I I am not going to waste one drop of my Redeemer's blood of his truth, of his promises. I'm going to live in the freedom of who the sun sets free. It's free indeed. I'm going to live there, friends. I'm going to live there. Because I lived in bondage long enough as a Christian. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to live in legalism. I know what it's like to live in fear. I know what it's like to live in the fear of man. What will people think about me? What am I going to do this? Will I wear that? Who will like it? Who won't like it? You need to get up one morning and say, I am not living like that anymore. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. By the name above all names. By the only name in the whole world that can redeem a man, the name of Jesus Christ. When you've been redeemed, Colossians 7, 18, and 20, peace with God. Ah, oh, peace. When you're young, you don't care about peace, do you? You just care about money. Can I get money for a cone? Can I get money? My mother used to say, Do you think I'm made of money? Oh, no. That's why you think about money. But as you get older, peace becomes a beautiful quality. And you see, peace is not the absence of, absent of trouble or pain or difficulty. Do you know what, friends? I may as well tell you right now. In this life, you will have many troubles. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Oh, I can't wait till the kids grow up and leave. It doesn't matter if they leave. You'll still be worried about them. Drive carefully. Drive carefully. Where are you going? Where are you today? Don't go there. Don't go. Oh, yeah. If you are climbing that, make sure you put a helmet on and a sponge inside the helmet. Wrap it around your head and put sponges in the inside and then dress yourself in case you fall off the curb. And it goes on and on. You're laughing. People live there every day. They have no peace about anything. There comes a place where you need to trust God with everything because you can't control it anymore. When, you're, when they're young, you can control it a bit. After that, they look at you and they go, no, you wear the helmet. <laughs> and then the cheek of it is, as we get older, they phone us and go, now watch when you're crossing the road. <laughs> 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 
Do you know how they felt? Don't, 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 careful, careful, don't, 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 don't climb, don't, don't climb a tree. You were swinging off trees, but you, don't you climb a tree. Have you any, have you lost your peace because of all of that? Well, give them guidelines by all means, but do you know what I mean? But once they get, in, once they drive into the drive, I'll know they're here. Three o'clock in the morning, they're in. I'll sleep now. Honestly, stop it. Find your peace in God. You've been redeemed. And he said, I'm going to give you peace. Some people find a lump. And I'll tell you, they're dead and buried. They're like, oh, get, get the insurance policy. Oh, oh, this is it. This is the end. This is it. This is it. Oh, well, I knew it was going to happen one day or another. I knew it was going to happen. Four weeks of nonsense, and they say it's a cis. It might not be, but I'll tell you by worrying, won't add one day to your life. And I'm not saying that's easy. I, 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 I am naturally a reactionist. You no, know, if, if I get a cough, <coughs> like, I used to be a late cough. I'm like, I've had this for three days now. This is serious stuff. I need to get my house in order. But, it's, but honestly, friends, it was tormenting me. And I need to find my place in God where I think, my husband, my wife, my marriage, my kids, my finance, my house, my job, I need to walk in peace. Some of you need to do that this morning. Never just save this and just hang in there like a sparrow hanging off a nest until he comes back. You're meant to walk in victory. There is a victory when you've been redeemed. There is a victory. Or is everybody just playing games? We're just coming, maybe hoping, and you know we'll hang in there. Or is there a genuine sense of joy for being forgiven, for being reconciled, for having a relationship with God, for having peace, for having joy, for having power to overcome self, the devil, and the world? And not only that, when you're redeemed, in 1 Corinthians it says you have now been redeemed. You are now sealed with the Holy Ghost. People talked to me the other, a couple of months ago, oh, the, the, the mark of the beast is going to seal me, he's going to seal me. I'm like, listen, do you know what? Brand me. I couldn't care less. I've been sealed with the Holy Ghost and nobody's removing that seal because he who began a good work in me is going to finish it. He is able to keep you from falling. I don't care what the world's doing. I don't care if it's pre-millennium, pan-millennium or what millennium or what pan out in the end, but I've been sealed with the Holy Ghost. Friends, that should give you security. You're sealed. And you've been sealed by the power of God. You've been sealed by God. God said, I'm going to put the Holy Ghost in you, and I'm going to place a seal. I'm not worried about the Holy Ghost leaving me. He won't be leaving me. When I sin, he's not jumping out. He loves in me. He may be grieved. He may be resisted. But he's not gone anywhere. Because I've been redeemed. And there's power in the blood. And when I fall out with Fiona sometimes, I'm, you're going to sound like we've, we've had like a war in the house. <laughs> or I'm annoyed at something. Or I sinned against the light. That's why they call him the comforter. That's when he comes. And he says, oh, let me remind you. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Well, I just wanted to remind you that today because the devil's all over you. 
I can't take another day. And the Holy Ghost comes and said, oh, let me just remind you, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Yeah. And he just keeps coming. He's not going anywhere. I know we ask him to come, and that's very kind of us. <laughs> but he's never left. That's redemption. Nearly finished. You're a Galatians 4 5. Jesus, my Redeemer, you're adopted. I read an article a few months ago. Do you know now that you can order a designed baby? You can tell what the sperm donor you want, blue eyes, brown hair, blah, blah, blah. Thank God that you're, you're no lame, crippled, brown eyes, black hair, designing them through the donors. What color eyes they go, what color hair, what color this. Now, I suppose in some cases you might say, well, he'll look like the family. He'll, he'll look like the family. They want him to look like it. But in general, God said, I'm going to adopt you when nobody else wanted you. I'm going, to, I'm going to adopt you into my family. When you were at your worst, I was at my best. You never chose me. I chose you. You're adopted in this family. And when you get adopted in the family, it's like being a poor kid and then all of a sudden a rich guy, a, a rich guy adopts you. Can you imagine it? The first day in the house, you'd be like, you're belter. Open the fridge. Oh, geez, a bit of that. Gato, have a bit of that. Any money on your dad? Aye, plenty. Yes. <laughs> Everything I've got is your son. Redeemed. Adopted. And you know, he's no, he's no up there going, well, you know, you had a bad day today, you had a good day, so I'm not going to release that into you. Do you know what? Even when my son's naughty and he's bad, I don't go, just to let you know, we won't be feeding you today. <laughs> Why? Why? Well, you know, been a bit rough yeah I've lost my trainees well you know get used to feet <laughs> won't be doing it won't be buying them I mean what on earth kind of father do you think you have that because you've had a bad day and you've done wrong he's not going to feed you just read, read the story of, of the Israelites again moaning grumbling complaining building false gods and he sent food every day and he made sure that the shoes never wore out. And he sent a puller of fire by night. And whatever that other thing is by day. <laughs> I recommend Bible College. It's a fabulous place. What was it? Cloud. Uh, I had a cloud over me there a minute ago. And that's why they were sinning. You think, don't say that, you'll make the church unholy. Friends, do you want, are we meant to police the church? It's the Holy Ghost who polices the church, no me, by telling you how bad you are. He gets us all in the end. He brings what you call conviction. And the conviction is to woo you back to the Father, not to make you feel condemned. He's like, why do you want to live there when you can live here and live life abundantly? Because of Jesus, your Redeemer. Two more sins. Job says this in Job 19.25. Lost his children, lost his business, lost everything. 
sick in an ash heap. You won't hear this preached. You won't hear it. You see, they've, they've made, they've, people are disappointed with Jesus because of stupid and silly doctrine that tells you, that telling you what Jesus is like and he's nothing like it. Because once you get a bad conception or a wrong doctrine of who God is, he won't allow this to happen. Well, he did. And I can't explain it all to you and, and get it all theologically. It happened and God allowed it. And Job says this while he's sitting there. And you might be in a difficult place this morning. And it's, it's no what he lift your hands. It's no what he dance. And there's a time for that. I get that. And you don't want even want people dancing around about you. You want to go like that. Because <laughs> you're going through hell. You're grieving. You're in pain. But it's in that place. Where you must say. I know. Job says, I know my Redeemer lives in me. This body is black and going to ashes. I know he's going to raise it up again. I know my Redeemer lives. I know there's not a situation that he can't comfort in. I know there's not a situation that he can't turn around. I know there's not a situation he can't comfort. I know there's not a situation he can't deliver. I know there's not a, a situation where his power can be diminished. I know there's not a thing that Satan can do to me and my household that God can't turn around because all things work together for good. I know there's not a situation and not a place where I go where he can't reach me. I know what, no matter where my grandchildren or my children are today, there's a God who's got an arm long enough to reach them and save them and deliver them. I know that if, if I get unemployed and I'm at the end of myself, I know there's a redeemer who can provide. I know my redeemer lives. Oh. Hallelujah. <laughs> can you say that this morning? I know, it's, I know it's not easy, but can you say it? Can you find it mustered in the depth of your being? No, I've read the Bible. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who went through hell. They went through pain. They went through being martyred. They went through getting their houses ramshacked and businesses. And yet they're surrounding us saying it was absolutely worth it. Keep running. Keep going. Your Redeemer lives. And lastly, Psalm 107.2 says this. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Or in another verse, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. That's what the Hope Center's all about. It's not just handing out a bun and a pair of derrams and a pair of shoes. That's great. We're meant to do that. We're meant to feed the poor. We're meant to clothe the naked. But tell them your story. If you want to come and volunteer with us, bring your testimony. Bring the Redeemer's story. When you hand them a bun, say, let me tell you something about a Redeemer who's Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what he done for me. I used to be a drug addict. Nobody even wanted to hear my opinion. In fact, nobody even seen me. But look what the Lord has done. God has blessed my life. God has forgiven me. God has redeemed me. You don't need to live like this anymore. There's a gospel. There's good news. Let me tell you about my Redeemer. And they overcame him by the blood of a lamb and the word of their testimony. And you think it's not going to go in. But listen, there's power in your testimony. So when you're telling them, the Holy Ghost is taking seeds and he's throwing it into the ground. So when they leave the Hope Center, know what? They're leaving with hope. I want every person to come and leave with hope. 
Wouldn't that be a great thing? Once they're in, they're all like, right, here's the mission. Not one soul leaves here today without hope. Put the bag on their back, put the rolls, put the jeans, put the jackets on, and let's wrap them in this hope of the gospel, of the power, of the word of God. There's a redeemer. How can we not shout about a redeemer? Maybe you're visiting, you're saying, why are you swinging your hands and you're all loud and you're all jumping about? Friends, when you've been delivered from the darkest pits, you would dance too. I've been redeemed. We've been redeemed this morning. I know my redeemer lives. What's the destiny? What's the destiny of those who have been redeemed? Well, the Bible talks about two destinations, heaven and hell. And the redeemed have a destiny of heaven. That's your destiny of the redeemed. You're not going, he's not going to open books and go, wow, I'm going to let you be in your shoes. And it could. You see, the destiny of the redeemed, see, that's why I have no fear of death. And I have no fear of the timing of my death. You can record that. I have no fear of death or my timing. If God gives me Ethan's growing up and Fiona and we grow old together, that would be great. And if he doesn't know what, it's his business, it's not mine. But I know where I'm going. When I lie in a bed and get my final breath, I will have no confidence in what I've done, what I've said and who I am. It will only be through what I heard in the beginning. He's given me his righteousness. Because the best of men is filthy rags. And when he opens the book, he's opening the book of rewards. I mean, all this and then that. Now I'm going to reward you for what you've done. Yeah, yeah, but what about that time I... There's nothing in the book. Because apparently, I remember your sins. Book of rewards. Oh, you gave somebody a cup of neck water in my name? I don't know what the other rewards are going to be, but... <laughs> you gave somebody a sandwich. You helped an old woman cross the road. You went about doing good. That's, that's the destiny of the redeemed. Are you getting closer to heaven? You know, I know anybody can go at any time, but when you're older, you have a sense of your mortality. It's a matey. God might give me I'm 90, sometimes 100, but in general, 70 upwards is a bonus. And you need to have that peace, that joy, that rest. I know my Redeemer lives. Tell your story. Old and young, I was brought up in church. Never been to a nightclub, never been to the pictures, never had a drink. Been married to the one man. That deserves a clap. Because we're always clapping the other ones. Tell your story. Because people will go, seriously? In the day that we live in, married to just the one man for 50 years, you need a medal, love. <laughs> That's what they'll say. And you go, yeah, brought up in a Christian home. Never swore. Never slept with anybody outside of marriage. Tell your story. I was a drunk and a drug addict. I had nothing. I was six stone. I was three stone. Well, if you're three stone, you're trouble. <laughs> but whatever stone you were, tell your story. Tell them. Because they don't know what we know. 
And we can't keep it to ourselves. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell your story. Don't say, don't ever say this. Don't ever say my story's boring. How dare you say that? How can it be boring when God's redeemed you? And I'll tell you, you'll find that your story will encourage somebody and give somebody hope. Is there somebody here who's not been redeemed and you said, I need forgiving, I need that peace, I need that joy, I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ because I've tried everything else. I don't know about every name, but I've tried a lot of names. Would you lift your hand right now and say, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ? Anybody? Okay, look at me now. Leave this place and say to somebody, I know my Redeemer lives. Can I tell you something? It's going to be okay. I've read the end of the book. We won. God bless you. Have a great week.